So Money Episode 696, Shauna Compton Game, host of the popular podcast, Millennial Money. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome back to So Money, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me here. I'm your host, Farnish Tarabi. Hey, if you like financial podcasts, then I think you're going to be happy to know that today we are featuring a very successful top female financial podcast host and certified financial professional, Shauna Compton Game. She's the host of Millennial Money. You may have heard of it. You may be already a subscriber. It's a daily podcast catering to you guessed it, millennials, young adults. It boasts over three and a half million downloads since launching about three years ago. She and I are actually doing crossover interviews today. So if you check out her podcast, you can hear her interview me. So be sure to check out Millennial Money for that and also to subscribe because it's a really great podcast and It's really wonderful to connect with a fellow female podcaster in this space. Shauna and I, because we're just so into this, you know, we go deep. We talk about right away the financial lessons she learned from her divorce. The most surprising thing that she learned about millennials and money in doing her podcast and the number one piece of advice that she has for women. Here is Shauna Compton Game. Shauna Compton Game, welcome to So Money. Such a delight to have you on the show, the host of Millennial Money, one of the most popular money podcasts on the planet. I've been watching you from afar, from the sidelines, cheering you on, watching the show skyrocket. Congratulations and welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I always think it's fun when you've got uh, two money people uh, talking together. Yes. And I so admire what you have done with your business, your brand, your messaging. Shauna has a podcast, which we want to talk about because it's so popular and I want everyone to go there and subscribe to Millennial Money. But outside of the podcast too, Shauna, you're super successful. You have a CFP, an MBA, and your personal life has been a remarkable source, resource for uh, lessons learned, personal stories that have contributed to your framework and mindset around money. You have talked about how you've had a complex relationship with money and some of that stems from your relationships, your personal relationships. You've written about how you've been married, divorced, remarried, and those are life experiences that must be reconciled and reckoned with. And how does that play into your money relationship? Can we start there? Yeah, why not? You know, um, for me, it's definitely been an interesting money journey. You know, I started out uh, starting my own business when I was in college and that really shaped how I think, act and feel about money in a way that I didn't quite realize until later on. But, you know, I, I always on my podcast and especially to people I work with, like to be very honest about money and about the journey that a lot of us 
take in life that we don't talk about with other people. You know, money isn't the subject where we sit around a table with our with our friends and bring up, you know, hey, we're over budget or hey, we're getting divorced and, you know, we're getting all of our assets sucked away from us. You know, we don't talk about those sort of things with other people. And I think it's important to because when you do, you you realize that we're all very much alike, more so than we are different. And we could actually borrow strengths from other people that, you know, we're not willing to admit maybe something is a weakness for us. But yeah, I, I went through a divorce. Um, uh, you know, I've been in the financial industry for about 12, 13 years. And so going through a divorce was tough because, you know, there was the personal side of going through the divorce, which is very hard to explain. And then, you know, the professional side, which being a financial expert, you know, suddenly you judge everything, you know, you have a, a lot of information in front of you, but there was a lot of guilt and shame that kind of came around that story for me because I thought, well, if I'm this financial professional and I, I'm primarily work with other females and female entrepreneurs, like, am I really worthy to, to give advice out if, you know, I've been through this big struggle in my life and I had to give up a lot of assets. I had to take on a lot of debt. It was a really tough situation for me. But what I learned through that was that that process, you know, it made me really human and it brought another element to me to be able to talk to people, you know, from a, from a real place, from a real, honest, open place about money and about struggles. And even if somebody, you know, hadn't gone through a divorce, they've probably experienced some other struggle around money in their life. And so, you know, my hope is that I bring that to my podcast. I bring that to everything I do, just that reality story around money. And then you know, I, I'm remarried now, very happily remarried. And so then there's that unique story of trying to take two people, you know, kind of middle in life and, um, you know, put them together after divorce when you're kind of at this place of, of starting over, which, you know, sucks in so many different ways, but is just such a great uh, life lesson because, you know, I always try to tell people that, you know, you there's going to be so many different things that you go through in life. And if you have the tools in the toolkit, that's all I want for you is you have those tools in the toolkit. You can pick yourself up and you can figure out how to get out of debt. You can figure out how to write the ship. It's not going to happen overnight, but you know, you can begin to make those positive steps. And I think, you know, empowering people that way, um, I really think it helps remove a lot of fear and stress around money. And like I said, you know, really you unite and connect us all, hopefully. Yeah. You have said that merging your finances in a relationship can be more challenging than running a business. And I think I would agree with that. Also, thank you so much for sharing your story about going through divorce. I think that this is an important topic uh, for us to share the ins and outs of it and the struggles and the triumphs. So many people go through divorce, particularly young people we may not we may not remember or we forget that you know divorce is not just a midlife crisis kind mm -hmm. of event it, it happens a lot in people's young marriages 20 year olds 20 somethings 30 somethings getting divorced is is i mean just in my own life i can count on my hands the number of friends and acquaintances i have that have gotten divorced early and then remarried and so it ends well but i think that when you are a millennial and you're facing divorce, you're going through it, that's an additional headwind to all the other financial challenges you have, whether, whether it's student loans or a lack of income, all of the above. And so 
that brings us to your podcast, which to, you know really, to its credit, addresses these sometimes under-addressed topics when it comes to the millennial audience, when it comes to how they manage their money and the financial challenges that they have. What are some of the surprising things that your audience has brought to the forefront or that you've learned from listeners about what they are struggling with financially? You know, that's a great question. And I think it's a couple things. I think you probably would would uh, know this as well from your podcast. I think just uh, the shock at how universally accepted the podcast can be. Uh, you know, I talk a lot of money talk that might be related to somebody living in the United States. But, you know, I have people all around the world that will constantly email and say a certain subject, you know, really resonated with them. And that just sort of surprised me. And they might be in, you know, Australia or or England or Botswana or, you know, some strange place like that. Um, so that to me is, is really exciting that we can make talking about money something is universal, um, you know, that doesn't just have the the four walls of, if you, of the United States. Um, and then I think the other thing is just the craving, especially for the millennial generation, to be able to live some version of a lifestyle that they want now, not having to wait until later on. And so, you know, a lot of our episodes, we'll talk about travel and we'll talk about different travel destinations or we'll highlight entrepreneurial stories. We've had, you know, Michelin star chefs and musicians and just all sorts of different people. And I think it's just that desire to connect us all, but also to make money come to life a little bit more. So it's not just about budgeting or savings or about the hard numbers, but really that it becomes a mechanism then to uh, afford you the ability to have, you know, whatever version of lifestyle you want to have. So I think that's really, you know, it's both surprising and then totally exciting to me that that's really, you know, especially the younger millennials are really embracing that uh, kind of idea of lifestyle. It's really admirable, and I think it makes a lot of sense that that we have this growing distrust of the traditional way, right? That we can just work our way to a retirement nest egg, that, that the promised land is at 60, 65. Well, I'm sorry, you know, I want to have a relaxed, financially liberated life until then, and great if I also arrive at retirement mm-hmm. with a nest egg, but in the meantime, I want to also be financially secure and not feel like I have to work. And we talk about a lot of this on the show, on, on So Money, and I know on your show, Millennial Money. And by the way, everybody, Shauna and I are doing a crossover today where she's on our show, but I'm also visiting Millennial Money today to encourage you to jump over, jump over the pond and uh, subscribe to Millennial Money, listen to my episode and her whole album of of episodes. How many are you at now, Shauna? Oh my gosh. Uh, 350, 60, something like that. Probably somewhere around where you are. You're probably a little bit more than me, but... You're getting up there. I mean, I used to be every day like you. You're an everyday show. That's so commendable. I, I only lasted about I don't know, a year going every single day, including weekends, I burned out. But I think having fewer episodes for me and for the audience has been the right move. Yeah, it is definitely a tough endeavor. Uh, We're thinking about going down to maybe three days a week so we can dive in a little deeper into Mm -hmm. subjects. You know, I think that's the cool thing about podcasting, right, is we can play around with this. 
Ask your audience what they want. They will tell you, and then you'll never fail. Let's switch gears now, Shauna, to talk a little bit more about your advice for women. I also want to dive into your childhood and learn a little bit about the influences that you had growing up. But as a strong female financial voice, Shauna, what is your biggest tip, your number one piece of advice for ambitious women who want to be financially savvy and and financially independent? You know, that again, that's such a great question. I get I get asked that a lot. And um, you know, I, I think it's really being strong in knowing who you are, knowing what your values are, knowing your strengths, your talents, what you bring to the table. Um, in fact, you know, just this last month I was approached uh with a contract offer through someone and I said, you know, this is just this is just doesn't work for my expertise and for my talents and skills. And, you know, they ended up going away and coming back and offering me, you know, a much higher contract than I had initially been pitched. And so I think, you know, as women, there's a lot of fear around negotiation, around really standing up for what you believe in. And, you know, I have found that when we do that, especially in a career situation, when we're talking about raises, we're talking about uh, lots of benefits that were worth value to us, that when we're able to really communicate our worth and our skills and our talents, and not just that, but really connect to then how that has made a change in whatever organization we're working for, or whatever career path, you know, for an entrepreneur, however, we're blazing a trail, uh, you know, nobody is going to speak up for us. And so I think really owning your skills and talents and taking time to hone those. And if you're not, um, you're not really sure what yours are, because that's, you know, very easy for that to happen. I think, you know, ask some, some friends, find a mentor, find somebody who can really kind of breathe into you and help you really refine what your sweet spot is. And, um, I think that's one of the best pieces of advice for women. You know, women have, um, you know, this, we have a lot of, um, circumstances that put us in a disadvantage when it comes to finance. You know, we're going to live longer usually than our male counterparts. We're going to usually come in and out of careers. We're going to have babies. We're going to take care of parents, different things like that. We're going to have a lot of starts and stops in our career. And so I think it's really even more important for women to to know their value, know their worth, and to be able to communicate that and push for those raises and, you know, push for those opportunities that are going to really help you, you know, get ahead because you're going to need, you're going to need all the tailwind you can get. the security Fortune 500 companies use. They need to know police are going to be on the scene immediately. This is exactly the kind of security you get with Simply Safe. If there's a break-in, they use real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime. And that means police dispatch up to 350% faster than for a normal burglar alarm. With Simply Safe, you get comprehensive protection for your home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your house. Entry motion and glass break sensors guard inside. Plus, Simply Safe protects your home from fires, water damage, carbon monoxide poisoning, and it's all monitored 24-7 by live security professionals. You can set it up yourself with no tools needed, or they can do it for you. And it's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. Visit simplysafe.com slash so money. You'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. Be sure you go to simplysafe.com slash so money so they know our show sent you. That's simplysafe.com slash so money. 
I 100% agree, Shauna. I echo everything that you said. Though I think we need to also bring up the fact that some of us, including myself at one point, you know, we have this little voice in our head that says, well, I can't, I can't be aggressive at work because then I'll be per- perceived as unlikable or too aggressive. It's a complete double standard that women have at work. You know, men can go in and ask for raises and ask for promotions, lean in, and it's mm-hmm. perceived as normal and status quo. When women do it, it can backfire in some ways. And studies have shown this, that when women ask for raises, it is not typically as welcomed as when a man of a similar title, similar experience, similar ask, asks for a raise, he gets it, she doesn't. And in fact, he's seen as more likable. So (laughs) my theory on all of this is that the reason there is this, there are these negative feelings around women being quote unquote aggressive at work is because It's not something that we do often enough. We need to continue to do it and in mass numbers so that it becomes a norm, right? So that it becomes something that is just business as usual. Easier said than done, but I think that it's good to remember that when you are asking for a raise, you're also asking for a raise on behalf of all the women in your office, in your profession, all over, and you're paving the way. You're championing other women. It's not just about you. Now, switching gears to our childhood, Shauna, what is a very distinct money memory that you have growing up as a kid, whether it was you know watching your parents talk about money, argue about money, that was my story, or having a lemonade stand, anything in between? <laughs> uh, that is a great question. So Shauna, as a, a little girl, um, well, I always tell people, I believe that I came out of the womb, uh, an entrepreneur with a, a business idea. I don't ever remember a time in my life where I haven't thought, you know, oh, let's do this or let's do that or let's create this. That's just really uh, the way my brain works. It's actually taken me a long time to embrace that that is who I am. So I was the girl that was always orchestrating uh, concerts. I mean, I was a huge Madonna fan and, you know, my poor friends of my parents that would come stay with us. They were, um, they had to suffer through many Madonna concerts given by me. Um, but that was really who I was. You know, I, I, I've always been kind of this really unique mix between creativity and expertise, and there really isn't a a big spot for that. And so I think, you know, uh, millennial money, the podcast has really allowed me to, to have a place to fuse those together. Um, but you know, I grew up with a father in the financial industry. He's worked uh, in the industry for his entire career. And so, you know, money was a subject that was always discussed around the dinner table. We always talked about, you know, uh, budgeting and saving money and investing in particular. Investing was a big focus. And, you know, so we really had an open dialogue with that. But, you know, it was a very, um, headstrong child. I was very competitive. And, you know, my father and I are are very much alike. And he has always breathed into me uh, to be unique, to be different, to uh, stand out from the crowd, to not be afraid of who you are. And I think those lessons, although, you know, probably in my younger 20s were a bit confusing to me, uh, you know, there were a lot of men in my life that then tried to compete with me or tell me, you know, well, you're, you're the woman, you shouldn't be competitive, or you shouldn't be strong like that. And that's very, um, confusing as a, as a, you know, young 20 year old, but those were really the lessons that, uh, I think have been 
breathed into me. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's really cool when you can look at yourself as a child and where you can see patterns that have always been there and then really start to embrace that, that uniqueness about yourself. I mean, that's the stuff that I find just really cool. That's pretty awesome that your parents were so transparent and open about money. I kind of experienced the same thing growing up uh, with my family. Sometimes I think they may have been a little too transparent, Mm. but I guess it all worked out. I mean, the fact of the matter was that I was an only child until I was about 11. So I hung around adults a lot and adult conversation as a result, Uh, you know, conversations around layoffs and real estate and the stock market. And on the flip side of it though, I mean, that was all good and well, but on the flip side, I think my parents also argued about money, not in a healthy way in front of me. I mean, I think as a kid, it was pretty scary. As an adult, I reflect on it and it was a good observation that I had. And I think I grew up um, as a result in my own relationships, never wanting to be uh, financially uh, dependent But I never really saw my parents have resolutions over their arguments about money. And I think when I talk to parents about teaching kids about money, it's fine to fight about money in front of your kids if that's some, if you have disagreements or, but show the next step, show how you come together. And that's such, that's such a good point. You know, I think even, uh, even when you're you're getting married or you're in a relationship with someone, you know, yeah, the resolution part is really that's where the gold is. If you're arguing about budgeting, you know, the next step is to talk about, well, are we going to have an allowance? How are we going to cut back? You know, let the kids listen in on on all of it, the beginning, the middle, and the end. I think we often underestimate how much children can absorb and can comprehend financial matters and the point, I mean, the reality is they're going to learn about it somewhere, somehow. So why not give them a bit of a financial grounding now while they're at home, while you can kind of give them. So why not start that conversation at home? And speaking of budgeting, I remember a recent episode on your podcast had to do with this super easy three ingredient budget. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so I am a I'm a huge uh, budgeting fan, and I have taught budgeting so many different ways. And I always think it's fun to kind of come at it a different approach because most people obviously do not like the word budget; they think it's limiting and restricting. And you know what I like to tell people and show people is how powerful and how simplistic it actually can be. Uh, But really the three ingredient budget is simply, you know, knowing how much cash you've got. So whether that's income, whether that's uh, whatever money you're using from savings, you know, what is the cash pile that you've got? And the second piece is, you know, what are those things that you absolutely have to pay for? So your rent, your mortgage, your car payment, the minimum student loans, all of those expenses every month that you have to pay. And then, and then from that, what's left? What's the amount of cash that's left? Because with that amount of cash that's left, then we can figure out, okay, what are we going to spend on eating out? What are we going to spend on our coffee? You know, what are we going to put towards our goals? And I think if people really understood the, the power of the budget, the only reason you're doing the budget really is so that you can achieve these things you want to, rather it's buy a house or buy a car or pay off debt or move abroad or take your dream vacation, you know, whatever it is. 
that is the reason why you are taking ownership over your expenses because you're trying to find better and unique ways to spend money and also ways you can route that money into your goals. So, you know, the episode is just really about helping people understand how simplistic this can be. And then when you can trick your brain, you know, so much of personal finance, and you probably know this as well, it's just the way you think and the way you act, the way you feel about money has such a powerful connection to you actually achieving your goals. So when you can really make that switch inside and when you can really see progress happening, you know, whether it's just something silly, like you want to pay off, you know, a couple hundred dollars on a credit card, or it's saving towards a big goal. I think that budgeting can really come alive for you. It can feel like something very powerful that you can use. Shauna, what would you say is your unique point of view around money, your financial philosophy that is a little different counter to perhaps the traditional advice that's out there or, you know, there's a lot of people that are giving advice about money, myself included. When you kind of look at your role in that conversation and this big dialogue that we're having, what would you say is your great financial philosophy? Yeah, I think it really is that you don't have to be perfect. You know, there are a lot of stories out there about people who have rapidly paid off massive amount of debt that have, you know, wiped out their student loans that have, you know, basically cut out every single expense and, you know, achieve these goals. And that is fantastic and amazing and wonderful. But for a lot of people, it's just not feasible, you know, to pay off all your debt in three months or six months, whatever it may be. And so, I think that, you know, when we talk about money, we've gotten into a habit of of talking about perfection, that there are these exact 10 steps you follow and, you know, these five rules and on all of that sort of language. And so I think, you know, my perspective is always just helping people maybe breathe and relax a little bit more that, you know, being smart with your money is really about a bunch of really small steps put together to make a big difference. And so, you know, if, if one month you're over budget, so what? Start over next month. You know, we're, we're not going to be perfect. Your spouse or your partner is not going to be perfect. The best we can do is just to keep trying, to keep learning, to keep listening to podcasts, to keep putting one foot in front of another. And you don't just have a podcast. You're also on YouTube. And tell us about all the different ways we can, we can find you. Yeah. So you can obviously find me on uh, the podcast, Millennial Money, available where any of the podcast players are. Um, I'm on YouTube as well, Millennial Money TV. Um, and then of course, uh, Twitter and Instagram at Shauna Game. And I would absolutely love to connect. Before we let you go though, Shauna, I want to do some so money fill in the blanks with you. Perfect. Because why not? I think you'll have a lot of fun with this. All right. So don't overthink it. If I won the lottery tomorrow, the first thing I would do is... Uh, buy a house in France. Oh, yeah. I like that a lot. Absolutely. Good answer. So are we talking Paris, yeah. France, south of France? You know, probably Paris. Um, I am a huge Francophile. I love everything French. I'm always cooking French food. Uh, there's just, I went on my honeymoon there. It just, 
absolutely love uh, the feeling of that country, of that city. So I, I need to learn French first. I knew know like five or six words, but uh, other than that, yeah, I think it would definitely be it would definitely be uh, somewhere in France for sure. Oh, I was just thinking the other day that I would love to go back to Paris. I spent my honeymoon there partially. I studied abroad there for several months. I was fluent at one point, but now it's of course all gone to hell <laughs> because I mean, who has the time to keep up with their Right? Well, in my case, a third language. I don't. I need more French friends. I think. I think we need a. We need like a, a girl. Let's do uh, a money, money trip, trip out I there. So. Oh, okay. So. Can, okay, that is happening. Yes, that is happening. All right. So, uh, hold on to that thought. Um, one thing I spend on that makes my life easier or better is uh, a gym membership. Absolutely worth it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, it's actually to a yoga studio, but it is absolutely something that relaxes me like nothing else. I was going to say, who has gym memberships anymore? I mean, I get that people are physically active and are are members somewhere, but I think I think that the the idea of like being at a gym where your options are just treadmills and weights, that is not very inspiring to most people anymore. They want to take a class. They want to do yoga. They, so if that gym does offer all those things, I get it. But but like a standard gym membership, I remember when I first moved to New York, that's all my gyms offered and I never went. Yeah, it's, it's a yoga studio. So it's all sorts of different yoga. So one thing I splurge on that I absolutely cannot live without is travel. Absolutely. Where, where did you so, last go? I know you were in New York recently. I miss you. Yeah, we were we were actually just in New York and then we were in Florida right before New York. So I have a little bit of a disadvantage because my husband is a travel journalist. So um, we do travel is a huge part of our lives. But, you know, we find even if we get away in our own city for a night, sometimes it just really helps you know, strengthen the relationship, but also I think it helps, you know, get your brain out of everyday thinking. And, and for me, it just unlocks different places where I can be more creative and, uh, you know, just experience life in a different way. Those staycations sometimes are everything. Yes, they are. Absolutely. I tell you what, sometimes I'm getting a little revelatory here on so many. I sometimes go to the hotel across the street for one night, especially if I'm having a really crazy big week, and just sleep there by myself. I pay the fee. I go. I get room service. But mostly, I just get to have uninterrupted sleep. And mama needs a good night's sleep. What can I say? I hear you. <laughs> Maybe that was TMI. Moving on. One thing I wish I had learned about money growing up is... I think what I echo to, um, to all my listeners, which is you don't have to be perfect. Yeah. Done is better than perfect sometimes. Absolutely. Yes, it is. <laughs> when I donate, I like to give to blank because... Wow. I have so many different uh, causes that really tug at my heart. But in particular, I think it's to um, different uh, children's organizations around the world. And last but not least, I'm Shauna Compton Game. I'm so money because... Because I think act, feel, breathe money all day long. And I just think that it's so amazing that you have a podcast full of listeners that uh, really are engaging on this subject. And that is just what I love. That makes me so excited. 
Shauna, thank you so much for all your contributions to the world of personal finance. You're making a huge impact. As a reminder, everyone, we're doing a special So Money and Millennial Money crossover. I'm on Shauna's podcast today. She's on So Money, obviously. We'd love for you to hop over and subscribe, listen to her daily show. And Shauna, wishing you and your audience, your community, continued success. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much to Shauna for stopping by and for doing this fun crossover interview with me today. Be sure to go to her podcast, Millennial Money, to get our interview where she asks me some tough money questions. And of course, her website, check that out too. It's shaunacompton.com. Shauna's on Twitter at Shauna Game. All this information is back at somoneypodcast.com. If you missed any of it or you want to download the transcript, the audio, leave me a question for the Friday episodes. Very easy to do at somoneypodcast.com. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. That was a great episode. And I hope your day is so money. Money.